0: Yeah, in case you're wondering, you've got to wear a, a white shirt with black writing on it if you come up the front. <laughs> nice shirt, Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you found where we are uh, today. Uh, we, uh, As you know, we booked the Stedford Hall for the time being, but uh, they already had some booking, so we had to come across here. And the Lord provided this, as a good friend of mine who is here today, said to me, Trevor, it doesn't matter where you meet, even under a mango tree, God's people are God's people, that's the church. Well, this is more than a mango tree, <laughs> and we give thanks to God for it. Uh, friends, let's pray. Our uh, Father, today we're looking at the fourth chapter, 1 Thessalonians, and therefore what pleases you. Help us to examine ourselves as to whom we are really trying to please in our life and to therefore live our lives from this day forward, always pleasing the one who ultimately matters. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Friends, I think in life we can either live it pleasing others or pleasing God. We have a choice. And now I want us to all examine ourselves today as we might not realise uh, who we are really trying to please in our lives. It's usually not until a testing time or difficult time comes into one's life that we might show who we are trying to ultimately please. You see, we might ultimately be trying to please perhaps ourselves, uh, perhaps others, such as a wife or a husband, Uh, or parents, or a child, or children, or a boss. (laughs) But when push comes to shove, the one we are meant to ultimately please is God. Now don't get me wrong, until one has received Jesus, one at one level has not, yes not, pleased God at all. God's wrath, as we considered in chapter 1, still remains on a person. Uh, That's how people are usually born, because of original sin until one has received Jesus as only he can remove it who he is and what he has done has made that all possible for anyone and please also don't get me wrong uh, there are certainly times when we are to obviously please others but we are meant to do so to ultimately please God and so who Do we ultimately please? And as I said, it's not until a challenging time comes into one's life that we might realise what we need to do to ultimately please him. Anyway, this chapter has much to say on this particular topic. This chapter details a lifestyle that ultimately pleases God. And uh, can I say, it is getting harder and harder in society today, in the West, in Australia, to live a life pleasing to God. It is. It used to be fairly easy. Uh, You could almost go with the flow, as Australia was a, and some would say, a Christian country, that is based on Christian values. But not anymore. And so it requires an effort to now go against the flow of society. An effort that only He can empower us to do. The first point today is therefore very obvious. Uh, The first point is this as hard as it might be at times, we are to please God. As hard as it might be at times, we are to please God. In the first part of verse 1, I think it's page 1795 in the pew Bible, or <laughs> Pew's, uh in the Bibles the church here has provided under the mango tree in the Serbian centre. Page 1795, uh, as for other matters, we're told, brothers and sisters, we're told, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Actually in many of our Bibles today we have an added heading and headings have been added so to verse numbers, paragraphs and sentences, let alone translations, (laughs) uh, to help us today. And the heading put here in most Bibles is Living to Please God. As an aside, uh, when one looks deeply at a passage of Scripture, I'm sure you've done this before, Howard, in your Bible translation work, and comes up with something that might be helpful for us all, it is very comforting (laughs) to see that the heading confirms what you thought. (laughs) Yes, as hard as it is at times, we are to please God. And when one considers uh, what life was like, or society was like in Thessalonica, it must have been very hard to live a life pleasing to God. Very hard indeed. So, is it hard today? I think so. I certainly think so. It is not just a society that one is tempted to please. It's also some inside God's holy and loving church. That one is tempted to wrongly please and to go against what they are saying to speak out and say that is wrong is hard and there usually is a cost involved just as it's hard to resist pleasing the the society in which we live and that cultural view and it is cultural might be expressed through those closest to us as well. That's why I've said as hard as it might be at times, we are to ultimately please God. Yes, it can be hard and especially so when some are very close to you. Uh, The second point today is this and uh, part of me cannot believe the similarities between stuff today and stuff back then yes we're heading down a very similar street Uh, we are to do so with our bodies knowing some things we are to do so with our bodies knowing some things so do you uh, do i please god with our bodies now it's quite significant that there are more verses here about what one does with one's body than anything else Verses 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and 8 are all about one's body. Most Bibles today even put them all in one paragraph. May I read them again? I think I certainly need to. Verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lusts like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but, as Paul rightly stressed, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Great words, aren't they? Mm. But to live them out, And in a society today that says something completely different, let alone elements in the so-called church that also says something completely different, makes it hard, doesn't it? But we are clearly told, do not be like them. You know, we uh, often say the Lord's Prayer. I was with someone in hospital last week who is very old and frail now. And uh, can only remember one thing. Yes, most other things seem to have now gone from their memory. Yet they quoted to me the whole Lord's Prayer. After I prayed for them, they prayed for me the whole Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done, etc. Please look again at verse 3. In verse 3 we're told, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Yes, we might say it, but do we do it? Like we say the Lord's will be done and one very straightforward, simple thing concerning his will is that our bodies are to be used in a sexually pure way. That is in and the, and the scriptures, his will uh, could not be any clearer. We should only use our bodies to express sexuality, that is to have sex uh, in a marriage between a man and a woman. Any other ways of using our bodies are regarded by him and he is the one who matters ultimately as not pleasing to him and not in accordance with his will. Therefore we must, we're told, avoid things like pornography, uh, sex outside marriage, a man and a woman are we told in these verses not to use our bodies in passionate lust like unbelievers who do not know God yes this might cause one unfortunately to please one's husband or wife in a way that results in a divided devotion to the Lord hence why the life of singleness is commanded when it comes to pleasing the Lord 1 Corinthians 7 But it's the Lord's will that we use our bodies in a way that is holy and certainly not in a way that wrongs or takes advantage of our brother or sister. I assume adultery is what's being referred to here. And there are a few, uh, perhaps four, reasons here as to why we are to use our bodies in a holy, righteous or sanctified way. Uh, I find, I don't know about you, but I find the Apostle paul very interesting at this point like he could have said just one reason such as don't be like the world around you <laughs> like he could have could have and it is included but he says much more than just that as i said i think he says four reasons as to why we are to use our bodies in a holy way now, the first thing or reason we need to know is that God will punish those who use their bodies wrongly. Wow. He says in the first part of verse 6, The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. (laughs) Hmm. Judgment. We don't like it. But it is everywhere. In the scriptures the second thing uh, or reason we need to know is that we are called to a holy life hence why christian books have been written on the pursuit of holiness uh, in verse 7 we're told for god did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life uh, the third thing or reason we need to know And they are all here for one reason, obviously, to get us to use our bodies in a manner ultimately pleasing to him, to his will, not the world's. And therefore, this next reason also picks up on that. In verse 8, we are told, Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God. Ultimately, the way I use my body as I keep saying, is all about who I am ultimately pleasing. The world or God. And the fourth thing or reason we need to know comes at the end of verse 8. At the end of uh, that verse, we're told, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit obviously part of the reason why we are to use our bodies in a holy way not in an unholy way like the world around us is that because god has given all believers of jesus his holy yes holy spirit the one who now lives in followers of jesus is meant to be seen this is how we were always meant to be holy after all he made us in his image and that means like him Uh, We are to be holy. Okay, let's move on. Uh, The third point today on the topic of who we are really trying to please is that we are also to do so in thinking of others first. Now, sometimes I think this can be just as hard as (laughs) as the previous point. Yes, we live in a sex-saturated society, But yes, we also live in a self-saturated society. The world, despite its claims, is actually very, very unloving. It is very, very unloving to each other, let alone to God in promotion of self. And it is equally unloving to each other, let alone to God, in the way it promotes sex. But here we're told to think of others first, both believers and unbelievers. To believers in how we treat them and to unbelievers also in how we treat them. That's what verses 9 to 12 are pretty much about. That's also what Philippians 2 teaches us. And the greatest example, yes, the greatest example by far is Jesus himself. He perfectly did his father's will and showed his amazing love to all people. He certainly did not, something we are repeatedly told by the world to put first, he did not put self first. In practicalities, I suppose this involves a lot of things. But one thing it involves is what I was convicted of uh, last week. You see, I had one of those um, mountain weeks when a lot of things happened all at once. You know, uh, I'm sure you know them well, when you need, as someone would say to me, 27 hours in a 24-hour day. (laughs) And so when it came to Thursday, as Friday is our Sabbath rest to the Lord, I needed to get a lot done (laughs) I thought of praying for myself really early that morning and when I say really early that's really early for me (laughs) and getting things done as soon as possible I'm confident you know what I mean (laughs) but as I said I felt quite convicted by what God says here and I therefore wanted to please him and so I prayed first, yes, firstly for others. I prayed for Roger. Hi, Roger. I prayed for Steph. I, I didn't pray for everyone here. <laughs> uh, I prayed for Scott. I prayed for you, my dear sister in Christ, Avril. I prayed for the MYB Brekkie that we had yesterday wasn't a great day 32 blokes came and you we we don't organize things very well <laughs> and then we enjoyed a, a coffee at Peter's place afterwards <laughs> and I also prayed for John and I'm not sure if I end up praying for myself in the end but I get, guess you get the idea That's just one way I was convicted by to lovingly put others first. But also we're told here about unbelievers and our example to them. We're not to be people who are trying to milk the world for everything. Instead we are to live a quiet life and work and mind our own business. That's in the Bible. Are you good at that? That is the way I put it. Being a little BHP, a quiet achiever, amazing in this context. That's the example that God is pleased with. A quiet achiever. Finally, and it's our last point today, uh, the sort of life that pleases our Lord involves doing these things more and more. Now. I don't know about you, but I think the church in Thessalonica is doing wonderfully. <laughs> so my response to them would be simply, great stuff, keep doing it. But that's not Paul's idea. It includes that, but doesn't stop at that. Paul says, keep doing what you are doing, but do it even more so. Wow. More so? In the second half of verse 1, he says, Have a look in verse 1. In the second half. Uh, Now we ask uh, ask you and urge you. So he doesn't just ask. Now he asks them and urges them in the Lord Jesus. Here's the reason. uh, To do this more and more. Yes, more and more. And he says the same later on. Yes, he repeats himself. So did Jesus at times. In the second half of verse 10, he says, Yet we urge you, there's that word again in verse 10, Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. You know, this is all about loving each other. And I mean, really loving each other. It seems that living a life that pleases our Lord involves loving each other and doing so more and more. But that makes sense, doesn't it? We might not be able to love everyone like this, but we can certainly love each other in this hall today. So may I urge you That's what Paul does here. May I ask you and urge you (laughs) to do that? And I ask and urge myself to do that too. Perhaps ask the person near you to please join you for lunch. Maybe today or next week. Uh, Changing the subject but not really changing it. Our psalm reading today is all about pleasing God. And we're told, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Friends, may we do the first part now, that is praise God's name in song. And may we always do the second part, that is glorify him with our bodies through leading a quiet life and by our love for each other and always do so with what we're told here, thanksgiving. And why? Because in Jesus, and we will be remembering what he did for us soon, that is the lifestyle that pleases God. It's no wonder that the father basically says, listen to my son. And why? Why? because in him I am well pleased. Please stand and praise God's name in song.